at. <laughs> Perfection. Yeah. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tarot <laughs> Podcast. Thank you for kick it with us. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta kick it. <laughs> it's been a minute since we recorded, as usual, but in the interim, we actually all got together and went to the beach and watched Deep Blue Sea. We did. More than one. I bailed halfway through because it was horrible. Yeah. We watched Deep Blue Sea more than once, you're saying? <laughs> you know, we watched Deep Blue Sea 2. Right, yes. Yes. And we went to some filming locations. Yeah. It's true. Uh, I think it's the first, maybe only pilgrimage I'll ever have in my life, going to see the site of Maximum Overdrive. Absolutely did. We did. Mm-hmm. Wilmington, North Carolina. represent in the Google Maps uh, to figure out where the, was it the Big Boys? Is that what it's called? The Dixie Boy. Come the on. Dixie Boy. I'm sorry. There's not even a commemorative plaque, so we were thinking about maybe having a, a GoFundMe or something where we help sponsor a, a plaque. And we also, we also visited the Wilmington, North Carolina Museum of Oddities. Yeah, shout out to Big Jake. Uh, who is what I can only assume his name was. <laughs> Supernatural Brotherhood t-shirt. Yes. And definitely got him as go. a sponsor. Damn. Pay the Damn extra $2 for the mirror maze. Yeah, we paid the extra $2 to get lost in the aha video that was <laughs> that mirror maze. And it was shout out to well mom who put up with the whole thing. Yeah, there were some... I will go ahead and say tacky things in there. Some things that I thought were pretty tasteless <laughs> to even <laughs> claim to own. Things uh, that just should not have been in formaldehyde. Like a yeah. satanic baby dick. Like, why would you mm-hmm. put that on display? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of love letters to serial killers. That yeah, was like a whole section. I'm just like, that's a different. <laughs> like, that's I'm just going... in bad taste, yeah. Yeah. Also, how do you get them? Did he... Did he like what's it called? Catfish? Did he catfish a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of people who fall in love with serial killers? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Do you buy them online? Do you like where do you get these things? I think he pretends to be John Wayne Gacy, and then people write him. That's the easiest way. Oh, that's the easiest way. Yeah. Yeah, he catfishes. <laughs> Interesting. There was also some uh, Jeff. I have a business venture I'd like to talk to you uh, about after the show. But I feel like go I'm ahead. picking up what you're putting down, and I accept. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we did that, and it was great, and it was fun, and floated in the waves talking about horror movies, and I got terribly sunburned in the hours that we did that. Well, I got super sunburned. Yeah, I oh, will yeah. say the Dixie Boy site was extremely disappointing. Yeah, it was just like a very clean, well-kept park. It was very disappointing. It was like a soccer field or something. Like, obviously, the upkeep. There were some trucks next to it. It wasn't dingy. There were no evil evil trucks lurking in the the corners. I looked around for the little drainage ditch that they likely climbed through in the middle of maximum overdrive or towards the end to get from Mm -hmm. one place to another. Alas. Yeah, they didn't have anything in the town at all. I was, I was like, what the, what the fuck? We did go over that bridge that you know where Stephen King gets called an asshole by that machine at the ATM. It's, it, it's yeah, the bridge in the beginning that, uh, in in the machine's first act of retribution against humankind, it lifts a bridge with some people on it. Yeah, uh, and yeah. water and, kill, and destroys that sick ACDC man. 
<laughs> See, and in my town, we even have a little commemorative plaque on the curve where Forrest Gump ran up. It's called the Forrest yeah. Gump Curve. I mean, would it kill them to put a little plaque up? No. I feel like you could argue that Forrest Gump was a way better movie that everyone loved and was attached to. I feel to. like you could opposite, uh, argue the opposite. <laughs> I, I feel like you could argue just about anything. Well, the free issue of Maximum Overdrive be beloved classic Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> we, sh- we should have gone out there and just done a bump in the middle of the fucking soccer field. <laughs> that should like be... That's a big part of the totem I'm on board with, but she's a trooper. Maybe she would. Talk. Oh yeah, well, if it's in the name of like sibling bonding, then I think she'd be all about it. Yeah. That's why hey. she likes our show. I have oh, yeah. a question for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Since you apparently really appreciate tradition, did you forget about our tradition, tradition of what we're drinking? Oh, I feel like you're over here complaining about how no one cares about Maximum Overdrive while simultaneously you don't care about our heritage. Well, you didn't catch the the sick fiddler on the roof uh, reference I tradition. just made. So. I did. I... Tradition. Yeah. Tradition. Oh. <laughs> that should be the intro for this part. Well, and. They look it right on that. It's also a segue. <laughs> Into the traditions that we're going to discuss on this show tonight. Good one. Yes. And I'm going to start that off by saying I am drinking mm-hmm. an absolute and lime, a good Swedish drink. Vodka, traditionally associated with Sweden. Hey, hey absolute <laughs> vodka is an export of Sweden, and Sweden is traditionally part of the vodka belt, so suck it. What are you drinking? <laughs> Uh, I'm drinking I a mean, beer. Skull. Has a fish skull. On it. Uh, has what on it? A fish. <laughs> it's a beer you drink while you're fishing. What? What are you drinking, Jeff? I'm sorry. A, fish. a beer with a fish on it. Hmm. The two hearted. As spell. in Swedish fish. That's your. Yeah, Swedish your fish. Damn it! You were trying uh, to help me out. And I... Okay. Yeah. No, no. I mean, <laughs> in thinking of like, re- like. Oh, Swedish references I could make. I'm like, okay, so there's meatballs, there's Ingmar Bergman, there's uh the Borg, Borg, Swedish Borg. chef. Yeah, the fucking Swedish, Swedish chef has his own beer, actually. Uh, that's pretty much all I got, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I am drinking a bright cider, hard apple cider. Um, you know, it's kind of summery. It's kind of light. I mean, you know, it's summery, but is it? You get trash dance around the maypole with it. Aha, so is it mid-summery? It's summerish. Could be. You know, I guess you could say that, sure. (laughs) So, welcome all to our Astrocaster. Our podcast. (laughs) All are welcome (laughs) in this family. Our Ari Astrocaster? Our Ari Astrocaster. Specifically, Midsummer, which we all saw, and I am sorry for how much I harangued, harangued, harangued you guys to go see it. No, I'm so glad you did. I saw it twice. I saw it it and then watched Hereditary again. Yeah, it is just an incredible movie. It's I've just never seen anything like it. Agreed. Agreed. This is probably a movie that I feel like would go will go down in history as like something akin to The Shining and its importance Mm -hmm. uh, to to film to horror, etc. Technically, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie. God, turn this podcast off. It's just not going to make any sense yeah. to you. But yeah, I, I think spoil the shit out of both these movies, obviously. <laughs> right, but technically, it's a folk horror. Like, 
like I, I think that's just somebody trying to find genres and things. Like, I don't even know what you call this movie. It's uh, like, it's not what Hollywood would make, you know? It's definitely, uh, it's well, weird and shit, but it also mm -hmm. feels psychedelic. Uh, oh, yes. And it has, like, uh, it has a lot to do with, like, uh, phenomenological, like, weird shit going on inside. Like, may, uh, may, I, may I open it <clears throat> with a, a little ditty that I adapted? Fiddle for ditty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sing it because I've got some uh, allergies going on here. So it's going to be a spoken word. Okay. Okay. On a bright Swedish highway, warm sun <laughs> in my hair. Fresh smell of Linnea rising up through the air. Up ahead in the distance, I saw more perma-daylight. My head grew heavy and my sight grew dim. I was tripping balls for nine nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that those are the original lyrics and that they changed yeah. it. Yeah. Because really, this town is Hotel California. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, it really is. Yeah, you can check out anytime you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can't mm -hmm. fucking leave. Yep. Yep. As the man is known to say. <laughs> exactly. Leela, uh, all I have to say to that is. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. It's wow. Just such a a wonderful claustrophobic slow burn that is ultimately. The experience mm -hmm. of acid better than fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, the when in movies and people are tripping, you don't also feel like you are. Right. Mm -hmm. With this and one, the... you you really are like whoa. Yeah. And the real fever pitch that it reaches, like it, it starts so uh, gently, and then Wait. it you know it, it just bleeds out. Well, I mean, it it does not start gently, but like I mean, it it starts as this individual pain and then it it seems to bleed that pain seems to bleed out into everything else that happens and it's interesting like it's so say, cathartic it's amazing yeah i think that like that's the thing like this movie i needed to watch this movie like right. and that, this movie yes. did something for me like and mm -hmm. that's fucking strange to say about a movie like uh it pointed out there's a movie stuff. like this yeah yeah. Totally. yeah 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 i do think that it, it like it's a bit of an indictment on the way americans process grief mm -hmm. and we suck at it. what they consider family <laughs> and how they sort of choose that uh but it's a, a very good way of breaking up that space for you and helping you realign some of the things yeah it's funny that you mentioned like the slow burn buildup. i do think that he's like it's almost like an orchestral piece uh, and the you know the strings or the screams of pain <laughs> like or something like mm -hmm. the, the grief stricken agony is just one of the musical instruments in his belt man yeah it was so phenomenal i was really glad that lila was like go see this, go. this movie i was so. i was really happy i mean it, it exceeded expectations completely yeah. Easily, yeah so for me anything at all that happened after the first 20 minutes was going to be easier to watch mm -hmm. the first I, minutes oh my god were so uncomfortable to watch um because you just it was this sense of dread and nothing was good and it was cold mm -hmm. and they were having these conversations i mean the boyfriend does turn out to be a dick but in the beginning he's just sort of dealing with this 
girl who can't get her shit together. Right. And you can see both sides of it, and then all of these horrible things happen. Mm-hmm. And and he's, he's stuck, and he can't just make this... technically doing the right thing, but he's not, like, committed to it. Because he uh, doesn't know what yeah. to sure. do. Sure. Yeah, no, he's not equipped. He's like not, the rest of us in this, this country. Villain. We're not like, there's, there's no villain in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's egalitarian and pain. If there is, it's Pele, I guess. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is deception, but yes. The yes. plot. The plot is that a girl and her boyfriend, well, a, a girl suffers a great tragedy in her family, and it's, God, it's just filmed in a way that is haunting and doesn't flinch because that's an Ari Aster thing. But at the same time all of this is happening, her boyfriend is out with his friends talking about how he really needs to break up with her, and you understand his reasons. She's a lot. She's a lot to deal with. And then she kind of invites herself on this boy's trip to Sweden. Well, he invites her, but he he does it in this begrudging... The way they set that up is so fascinating, because it's like... um, You can see it happening to any of your friends. Yeah, but you can also see it from her point of view, like, oh, well, I've been invited, so maybe it would be good for a relationship to do this. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it would be good for me to go. The 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 way he set it up was like, I'm going to invite her, but she's not going to. It's not, yeah, Jeff, I think you, you kind of hit something on, he's not genuine when he does things. Like, mm-hmm. he stays with her because it is the right thing to do. She is in a, a, a such mourning. That he is doing the right thing, but he was about to break up with her, so he's staying right. out with her out of a sense of obligation at that point. And then yeah. when he invites her, it's out of obligation. It's not because he really wants her to be there, and his his bros don't want her to be there. Right. So, it's, a, sorry. it's like a new form Swedish of dragging someone like, along. Oh, we're so glad you're coming. You mm-hmm. know. Bork, bork, bork. Yeah. Because at this point, he's figured out, hey, I'll, oh, well, yeah, get points or whatever. So they mm-hmm. all go to Sweden, and yay, isn't this great? And they're all doing drugs, and Borgo, but it all town. feels weird, you know. They're mm-hmm. going, they're going on an anthropological mission to observe a small city, uh, a small town, going a through commune. its fam- family ritual in a commune where right. they all take drugs and then free love and like look into each other's crystal blue eyes and you know see the face of God or whatever. Right, these are <laughs> but, some like, scary ass blonde people. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my friends, uh, she was like, you know, it's like white people weren't scary enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like these white people are scarier than the white people in Canada. I want to talk a little bit about the beginning of the movie because, um, like, yeah, yeah. And catharsis is a good, like, because this movie is like talking, you know, we're talking about catharsis and this movie is cathartic for you as you watch it in a way where it kind of breaks apart all these symbols and then takes them to, like, meaninglessness almost. In the beginning of the movie, it starts with this beautiful chant that the, the family does that you meet later. They're doing the chant. First scene in the, in the movie. The woods, the, you assume, are woods And wintertime, and they're doing the chant. And then it's immediately intercut with this phone ringing sound. This, mm-hmm. like, uh, and it's main character trying to reach her parents. But there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, moments of intended emotional communication that get interrupted by technology or some mm-hmm. something like that happens to the American characters a lot. And I think that's pretty significant. Yeah. And, and it's like, usually a means to try to connect to someone else, like missed messages on an email right. or a phone call that goes unanswered. Like it's a cry for connection and it's, right. it's they, going to hurt. 
you're right. And they're they're they all they want to do is like be there for each other, touch each other, like is the thing that they should be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. But instead, they're having shittier form of communication that is getting interrupted anyway. So they're like, right, they're uh, not sharing their emotions. Right, exactly. And, and did you notice that uh, in the beginning, all of the scenes, like when we first meet the the dudes of the film, and uh, when we see them later at the party, everyone's wearing black or like really dark drab colors. Yeah. And then later, the when they, communist. yeah, the bright whiteness of the rest of the film. It's like when we when we're first placed squarely in America, it's this like dark, isolated, moody. Yeah. environmentally moody place and then the when the tragedy comes across oh man that yeah. so that was the first like when the track when she screams across the phone this oh. is how good of a fucking director he is is that scream you don't know what the fuck is going on she like, was he picks, amazing so he picks up the he, phone yes. the boyfriend picks up the phone and you just hear this horrible and that you know the friends are ribbing her like is that her again calling needy again and something awful has happened and she's just pouring out this ungodly noise through the phone that, like, honestly, like, you don't even know what's going on until it does a cut. Yes. That it slowly does. That slowly does. explains <laughs> and the depth of how bad that, it was. That camera pans over the top of everybody, everything, very much the way the camera moves in Hereditary. Yeah. Um, that totally. tells that story. And it really, that gut-wrenching cry, how he gets that out of his actors, mm-hmm. how he got it out of Tony Collette, that scene in Hereditary where she's, like wailing on the floor. I could hardly watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. when I revisited that, I was sweating like, cause my friend hadn't seen it yet. And I was just like, Jesus, this is just like, cause it fires on every cylinder. It's like true emotional trauma and horror on every fucking, like the way it's slow, the way it slowly bleeds into reality, what the reality of the situation is. I read a really good quote from him where he, when somebody asked why he shows the things versus doesn't show the things of the horrible, he says that he wants the characters to be in their worst moment. At the same time, he wants to show you the thing that is very real so that you connect with them more. Like, yeah. but if you, if, oh, if like the head, off, yeah. right. If it happens off camera, then it's not horror for you. It's not like it's not Ooh. real enough for you. So he's trying to push you into making that symbol really mm-hmm. awful for you so that you connect with the character. But well, and let's talk about that parallel scene in Hereditary, which I think the most horrifying scene is where the camera is just on the brother's face. Yes. Flying mm-hmm. in bed. And all you do is really hear it. Mm-hmm. You hear the mother say goodbye. You hear her walk outside and then she makes the discovery. Mm-hmm. And it was like a slow crossfade. I mean, it's like... To, because up to, to that point, it could be a, just a nightmare. Right, but yeah. it's like a minute and a half just on his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the same scene where she's sobbing on her boyfriend's lap um, mm-hmm. in her apartment, and she's just boneless. She's just collapsed over because mm-hmm. she is so emotionally wrought. It was just wrenching. I, I also... Uh, just yeah on on the the nature of her screams and her scream in particular the fact that the movie both both sort of begins and ends with her screams is Shit. i do have yeah. something to say about screams but we, i guess we haven't quite gotten there yet yeah um Sorry. no yeah just uh that whole setup for like um the tragedy that happened and uh the subsequent you know, learning about the trip and how, like, they've been together for, what, a year after that? Right. 
Um, well, uh, that happened in the winter, and it's the midsummer when they go because it's snow. Ah, yes, yes. And then, and she says that they've been together what three, four and a half years on that Wednesday or whatever, and he has no idea. Right, right. But yeah, honestly, anything that happened after that scene was just going to be a cakewalk for me because oh, I yeah. was so emotionally exhausted by that scene. Yeah, and that was. I mean, and, and that's the scene. Uh, hereditary builds up to that exact. I mean, pretty much that's the turn point for the film to like the the rest of the emotional shit that's going on in the characters' heads that needs to come out is like that's the catalyst in both of those movies is that horribly traumatic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does it in the first, you know, reel in this one. But it's still done pretty early in Hereditary. Like you are not expecting right. that this character who, who's on the poster to get killed that quickly. And that right. horrible, yeah. in, in just such a way, uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I love practical effects, but damn, I didn't need to see that head for so long. Yeah, yeah. that's, I mean, it, there's another thing I watched where somebody mentioned that, like, his mount, like, the cross fo- fade of the kid in bed to cross fades to her head while the mom is screaming and his mouth slowly opens so that it seems like they're all screaming the same scream, <laughs> like, and they, right. like, triple mm. the sound or something like that. And I was like, Jesus. This Christ. is in her- hereditary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's in hereditary. But it's just, like, oh. the idea of them all wailing the same. Well, then, or, yeah, or that's, or that, that's totally on point with what happens, what's revealed about um, this group in Midsummer later in the movie. Um, the way they all em- radically, empathically feel the pain of a single person. Yeah. I mean, right. that's the and incredible. I, that's the sort of indictment thing we're talking about, like where they're like they get yeah. to this new culture and they are allowed to like everybody's very nice to them. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that they go to witness is this. I can't remember what kind of genocide or something like what it's called. Atastupa. Atastupa. Right. But it's a it's a form of like killing off grandparents, which is a has its own term. When they, they choose to die at what, seventy two did they say? Yeah. Yeah. Did you um, notice? They, they step off of a cliff and uh right. onto a it, it's, it was supposedly something that happened in Nordic prehistoric times. Mm-hmm. Uh, ritual genocide. There's not like a ton of anything to back that up. I did a lot of research with this. It has to do with my game. But yeah. um so that it may actually have more to do with a saga of mythical books from iceland mm-hmm. but but yeah but any of the precipices in sweden that were supposedly the sites of these are called the atistupa look Atis- it's where you learn been stooping your wife oh, sorry uh. and, and yeah, like, <laughs> that's a good attempt to lighten it though yeah, i'm just gonna assume like. if you're listening to this you've seen this whack-ass movie yeah. um yeah let's so we, we can during assume that during that, that scene though Otherwise, Did you notice that the woman before she jumps looks at Danny's character mm-hmm. and exhales, does the breath thing that the many of the I mean I'm, I don't know if I want to call them it seems shitty to call them cultists. That's how amazing this movie is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He, they, he they, there's a so way much. that it feels like a cultural appropriation to even be watching it, even though it's made up. Yeah, yeah. It's a made up <laughs> uh, culture for white people. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's fine. <laughs> I mean, That's I, I was like, I was, I was like, oh, poor, poor Josh, you're really never gonna make it here. <laughs> I mean, they want white blonde people. Yeah. Yeah. They have a bunch of whiteies around. Well, yeah, yeah, it's um, but it drives a very thing, 
and Annie does a breathe-in thing at the same moment, almost like a passing of spirit. It's oh, a, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, she she does like to hold her breath. It's right before she grabs Christian's Crazy arm, mama which, by the way, flip. allegorical name if there ever was one. I mean, right, a, a total reference to Wicker Man. Wicker Man is he named Christian in that? Uh, he's he just is a Christian. Oh. He is Christian. Like he's the yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh God, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, and and it, I don't know if we want to get into uh, the allegorical nature of his name, the the uh, the fact that he, he's he and uh, his friend are anthropologists there too. Well, that's their first reaction. Instead of being horrified by this ritual, they're both like fighting over who gets to exploit it for the Western world. Yes. But the whole point of the movie is that is that Christian's kind of a shitty person. He's a really shitty anthropologist too. Like he didn't know any of the stuff about this culture. Yeah. Like, the night before, it, he tried to he tried to use his that. phone to look up what a stupa was. Right, right. and because the night before when Pele tells him about it, Josh is like super excited about it, and Christian's mm-hmm. like, "What is it? What?" And Josh knew what was coming. Yeah, he's a and He was for there sure. for it. You know. Yes. Right. And. But also, like, like that's definitely a moment in the movie where it keys up the horror. I mean, you you witness two human beings and well, their the wives bounces. Of- it just cuts to him bouncing back from the impact. That's like mm-hmm. everybody in the fucking theater was like, "Oh, it, it was it was the lady <laughs> whose uh, her her face is destroyed." Oh, right, it was yeah, the lady uh, initially because she's uh, smart enough to dive head first. The other dude waits for Chernobog to come in with his sledgehammer. I think that he's supposed to. <laughs> Like, I you honestly think? almost like, is he doing this because a more painful death? Is he supposed to? Like, I mean, that's how weird the movie gets in your head. Like, it is. Like, it is really involved. Like, what is their relationship and nature with pain? Like, mm-hmm. in the end, when I mean, and this is jumping way ahead, but the uh, the unfortunate end of that one fellow who was given the U yeah. of the tree uh, said that it would take his pain. pain away. It did not. Spoiler: It did not take his pain away. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, that was saying that religion is bullshit. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Was, okay. I don't that? know. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it was like an institution that tries to tell you something. But, but, I yeah, think it's but, more like a like whatever you adhere to, uh, whatever that system is, is bullshit. But it's what. But at the same time, like the interconnectivity that all the people have is what's good. Like, right. so it's trying to really conflict you. Like it's like. The right. one can't one can't exist without the other, but the one is bullshit. <laughs> like as, as the movie goes on, you're shown all of these rituals that to us are so horrible. And mm-hmm. apparently, there's a much longer cut that he's gonna release that has a lot more of the ritual stuff in it. And yet, by the end, when Danny, after she's crowned the May Queen, again jumping ahead, those girls in the screaming scene, it's this shared yes. emotion that she's never had. Yeah. Yes. And that that scene was everything to me. That scene That's, was that, that incredible. Is the, yeah. Yeah. Just the the collective grief, the mass the empathy. Collective, the collective every emotion. Like when the guy didn't die and he was in pain, the collective pain of the of the of woe. The, yeah. Right. They were all in pain, and then in the weird ass fertility scene, like the sharedness of that experience, which was pretty trippy. <laughs> oh yeah. Breathing together. The fertility and, scene. Yeah. And moaning. Mm-hmm. You know that was so 
collective and he was obviously weirded out by it but also tripping balls when, so he's like, okay. when that lady started singing in front of his face oh jesus yeah super uncomfortably when she was like finished and the old lady's like pushing on his butt yeah pushing his butt and he's like he's like it's hilarious because you're kind of like you know he's like this is not how i wanted it (laughs) and you're like fuck you buddy like you you suck like this is what you get like you're messing with shit you don't even understand (laughs) and 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 as an anthropologist it's you know the irony is that he wanted to own this thing and now it is completely owning and using him right uh for its own means and uh, i I do want to make a quick oh sorry did you just notice that, like, when he was normal, he looked like Chris Pratt, but when he was stoned, he looked like yeah. Seth Rogen? What the I hell? I did notice that, yeah. I, that... I thought maybe they had done something with his face. Like <laughs> It's it's the scowling. Like it's in the, Mandy, when they the put, put her face scowl. over the guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, what were you saying? Oh, no, I, I was just going to say something about... Um, so okay we're i guess since we're just kind of jumping around all over the film here it's like what i wanted to to point out was the the deaths of the anthropologist without quite getting there or revealing how they die i want to point out that the two anthropologists of the film we have christian and uh josh yeah josh cheaty uh cheaty (laughs) (laughs) who is wonderful by the way when they die i felt like they had their screams taken from them. He, Christian, in the end, can't move uh, or speak. And yeah. he can't cry out. Not only is he deeply infantilized by being sewn into the skin of a bear as part of their, their bizarre ritual, uh, not only does he have his agency and his, um, he's completely yeah. humiliated yeah. in the process. He's not allowed to feel at all. Like it's he, almost he, like you're. He can feel, but he can't speak. He can't. Yeah. He cannot cry out. He cannot express. He's there, and, but he's not there. Yeah. And he doesn't. Uh, get the thing oh, he, oh, he's Danny there. Yeah, he's you. If you listen, you can hear him do something. He mm-hmm. makes like a uh, kind of yeah. pathetic whimper. Um, same with Josh. When yeah. he, it's the in hammer. his quest for knowledge, you know, tries to take pictures of the sacred documents or whatever, and he uh, gets clobbered for that with their sacrificial hammer. Yeah. When, that scene when he's on the floor and he's just Grunting. whimpering, yeah. like, good God, that was really, really rough. And you re- well, the thing is, you you it's, again, it's like the phone again. You don't realize where the noise is coming from immediately. Right. It takes you a minute to realize he's the one, uh, uh, like you think it could be the man-child. Like, well, well, it's, it's as, yeah, and it's as his, he's twitching. You can tell yeah. it that he's suddenly realizing on some level that he's experienced this and he's trying to cry out and he can't even do right. that. And it's the two... Right sort of lead men in this film who cannot cry, who cannot scream. And I she think has the very extreme situation. And she though. has the most vocal and almost beautiful scream in a weird way. The way that she uh was able to express so viscerally. Um yeah, I don't know. I um, think that the Cheaty with the hammer scene was a little bit of a Toby Hooper's Texas Chancellor Massacre hammer. Oh like, yeah. Because that's that. like that death happens similarly in one of those where a character has like mumbles like after they get whacked in the gourd and you're like oh it's so sickening the idea that they mm-hmm. um, well it's, but it's all- deductive it's very 
like you've been reduced, you know, like the same way that Christian is reduced. The what sort of in a weird way, the same the same way she is reduced by by being put in this weird dress in the end, and she can hardly move in it. It's very infantilizing, and 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 the way that they force them into these categories, they they force them into they make Christian Christian is completely drugged, coerced, and led into that sex ritual. I don't think he really. No, I think it was on yeah. his mind, yeah. but I don't think any of that was really his choice. No, um, no, I mean it was it was odd in a movie where you see what would technically be called male rape. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that is what that was. Like she loses it when she sees that happening because he is her linchpin to normal life. He is in her mind all she's got. Right. Yeah, so she of course loses her mind when she sees that, but she hasn't. She's not in her right mind to think. Oh, he's probably drugged. When he was absolutely drugged. He's a douchebag. But she's but also drugged. <laughs> yeah. They're all drugged, yes. Yeah. And the only, the only thing that makes me... There is a scene briefly in the beginning of the movie where the fool character, I can't remember his name, is like, how about Mark? when we go to Sweden, we get to bang all the Sweetest chicks? And he like looks at him like they know that that's Great what they're intending to go yeah. and do. So oh, he, in the very beginning, he even makes a joke. He's like, see, if you weren't dating Danny, you could be impregnating that uh, about the waitress. And, and then Taylor and says... Christian is being forced to impregnate someone before he's, you know, ritualistically burned. Haley says that. Yeah. He says, think about all the girls, the Swedish girls you could be impregnating this summer. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, 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 Pele uh, doesn't say that. Mark says that. Oh, okay. Well, and Mark, you know, Mark gets taken out in... traditional horror movie style because he goes against he he does something that's an affront to the culture Uh, he straight up pees on their sacred tree yeah right Right. and he's just an asshole anyway and you really don't care when he dies and yeah he's there for comedic relief (laughs) (laughs) for as long as he's alive and he has those great eyebrows it was mm-hmm. kind of a funny movie, though. I mean, like, they had a lot of really good funny moments. Oh, there were it. some zingers, for sure. It was a knee slapper. <laughs> yeah. I laughed the, uh, times. The, the, uh, I laughed uncomfortably a lot. Where the one lady says a bunch of the kids are going to be watching Austin Powers blew my mind. <laughs> like, can, I, just... can I tell you something really weird that happened? How was that? Um, well, okay, so I was watching this at the Laurelhurst Theater, and uh, I was really into it. The crowd I saw it with sucked. They just sucked. They were yeah. talking, you know, like somebody be like, well, "That's weird," but you know, just big, yeah, you, uh, noise, you know, big bird, um, and coming out. And you know, I'm still just trying to focus on the movie. But you notice how when somebody breaks your concentration, you your mind kind of drifts. And that was happening with me. I was remembering other assholes who were assholes during movies. And I remember years ago, one, there was a guy with a laser pointer. And Jeff, I think you were there with me and Ben. And I was like, what was that movie? And as I thought, it was Austin Powers. She comes in and she's like, we're watching Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, wild. <laughs> and I seriously, like, sort of small scale freaked out. I was like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's I was like, Ari Aster, are you in my brain? <laughs> All right. Maybe it was so Ari Aster. But. You know, maybe Ari Aster is in my brain. Maybe it's because my name's called Actually, I don't know. This is a little weirder because I remember that movie as being Deep Blue Sea with the laser pointer. You what? Really? Mm. I do. I do. And there was maybe there was more than one asshole with a with a laser pointer. It was Deep Blue Sea. Ben was there. No, no, I I, was Austin Power. How much hallucinogenic tea have y'all had? (laughs) I have not nearly enough to settle this debate. Uh, But I I would swear on a stack of um. 
creepy Swedish texts. <laughs> Forbidden text. Embryo magazines um, signed by Ari Aster. <laughs> um, also, okay, so speaking of the weird texts, maybe this is a good segue it's... to talk about, even very briefly, the, the inbred character. And this kind of comes to me yeah. as a criticism. I was kind of like, what was that all about? <laughs> like, did it did it feel to you guys that maybe some of the the visually jarring it was specifically uh some of the corpses and their the presentation and their effigy form, especially the burning wings and uh the the inbred um savant or whatever. They felt a little superfluous to me. They felt like a little like maybe out of context. How did you guys feel? Did they fit? I think that the the inbred character was very important because it reminded me how in Hereditary, the character, I, I don't know if she has like some sort of physical deformity or autism, the child character has some sort of like prophetic power oh, in yeah, Hereditary there was a... sort of sense. But I feel like it's a, it's a condemnation of religion uh, in terms of like he's their prophet and he's writing just whatever the fuck he thinks but he's handicapped like so he's just writing gobbledygook cheaty's even at like asked i mean uh josh's character is after it like because let's just say cheaty uh, he's after it because that's the crux of what everyone's like a buzz about is like what's this kid gonna write but we know like he's just saying like the person at the top doesn't have any answers like, literally, you're following a red herring. Except they're totally not. Like, the point of that character is that the elders can say that that character did whatever that they want to drive the cult the way that they want. Like, the elders in, I don't know, anything, uh-huh. in village or anything like that. It's an indictment of religion. Yeah. I, yeah, I I think if there's, I'm, it's funny, I'm fine with it being a, an indictment of overall religion. What I'm maybe not less okay with is, maybe even pagan is the wrong term, uh, but uh, Nordic, small, like, cultish, non-Christian communities being represented in horror movies as always being like, well, there's a dark secret and they sacrifice people. <laughs> I don't, the thing is, I don't think it's... I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. I loved the movie. I, I, did, I wouldn't have made it, it any other way. More, but you hear well, what I'm saying? It didn't make me more afraid of, like, secret cabals or cults. Like, it, there's nothing in it that, like, if anything, it made me feel like they were being used as a mirror to show you an alternate perspective of the way you could live or, you know, treat your life and your emotional connections with other people. Like, but the all the things that are happening, the microcosms of them are just supposed to be strange to you. It doesn't matter what they are. They're just they just have to be foreign and very bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. but you have so that you initially judge them and then kind of come around to them. I don't know. Or, or at least say, like, well, it's not so different than the way we do this or that. Like, or it, it wears you down the way, like, by the end of Hereditary, you're like, yeah, just let whatever happens happen, right. for God's sake. Just get it time. get it over with. I think that the inbred character was very important because it was that practicality of this is a very small community and they have to bring in outsiders. Yeah. Because that it does a lot of explaining about why suddenly Pele's interested in Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. After being sort of lukewarm to her, after everything she goes through, does he hold you? Does he feel yeah, like home? To you? <laughs> Do you but feel held by him? <laughs> I think yeah, that was the most important line in the movie. 
Oh, yeah. it really was. Yeah. It is. It was is all about this dude making his move. <laughs> it, yeah. it really is about this dude making his move. That's he makes why it well. <laughs> the other character was so important because it showed that this is a very insular community, and if they are going to remain solvent in any way, they have to bring out in these outsiders. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of hard when you're sacrificing people left. Uh, and okay. Okay. So I that that clears that up for me. I guess you hear what I'm saying though about the the in horror movies it's usually always non-christian cult religions that have this and I get why we do that because it's it's easier to be scared of this kind of outsider old world thing. I mean the movie like was very unclear as to, you know, what side it was really on or maybe not so unclear. Um I mean it it definitely, like, it seemed like in a more em- emotionally mature way to exist. I'm just not sure that the horrendous ways that they show uh, that it exists by are strictly necessary. <laughs> like, maybe some of the, the ritual felt forced in order to be forced, a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think that it's a genre picture using genre to show you other things about this character. Like... Yeah. Like that, you can view it all as like this is all Danny's like, like her whole world is hard. Bra- dumping Josh or whatever, yeah. not Josh, uh, Christian, dumping Christianity or Christian. Like this oh, is yeah. all from her perspective of like when how she drops the this one family to pick up a new family, mm-hmm. uh, right? And that was the thing. Seeing that in her emotional state was the thing that finally severed her connection. Yeah, yeah. And what a what a severance! Embrace <laughs> other life, which I think I mean she smiles at the end. I was thrilled for her. I was like, "Good for I was you!" So happy for her. She I earned. Was that. Very happy for her, and I hope that she. I was definitely terrified, but happy. <laughs> I mean, and I hope that she lives another good forty, whatever it is, years. You know? Before she jumps and she looks <laughs> and she exhales, and then some poor other girl <laughs> inhales at the right time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's actually a really good... Uh... I felt joyful at the end of the movie. Oh, God, I, actually, I felt so... so light. I felt good. I felt I just did. like... Yeah. Looking... friend who I went to see it with like could barely even speak. She mm-hmm. was so yeah. disturbed. And I sent her a, a picture. Of, I was in Michael's, and they have all those like silk flowers, and I put one of them on my head. I was like, I'm the May Queen. Yeah. She was like, don't do that. <laughs> so not cool. <laughs> Going back to like the whole Horga town is like a different way in which Danny can view the world and uh, process her emotions kind of reminded me of Annie's character using the doll houses, but instead, uh, Annie, oh, the other uh, like, little orphan Annie, it's like, what? Annie, I thought you meant Annie Wilkes. <laughs> Annie from hereditary. <laughs> right. Jesus, Cyrus, oh. <laughs> uh, uses the doll houses and they both use their art to sort of like, uh, process their emotions but it becomes this like recursive unhealthy version of processing but Man, anyway how great is gabriel Byrne in hereditary in general but also his look of utter disgust when he realizes that she's making what, what she's wreck, been doing yeah that she's been making the wreck scene mm-hmm. yeah his, that was amazing his face yeah, is he's just so it, good oh he's good Speaking of, of art, do you guys know notice the poster that was in Danny's room in the beginning is, uh, I, I think it's, I can't remember the name of the story, but the artist is John Bauer. He was uh, an influence of um, 
Oh God, what's his fuck? Who did uh, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal? Oh, um, I didn't know. that artist. Oh yeah, Brian Froud. Uh, he was a uh, an inspiration for Brian Froud. He drew lots of trolls and dark things and storybooks. But the the thing the the poster that is on our wall is a bear, um, a little girl kissing yeah. a bear on the nose. All right, it's called poor little bear. Yeah, he's a um, there's a sweet a during, famous Swedish artist. During that same the scene where she is like, uh, ex- like crying a whole bunch over the loss of her sister and family, mm-hmm. uh, on either side of her there are two paintings. Uh, and one of them, I think, on the left side is definitely like astrological, like solstice related mm-hmm. things. Like I couldn't help but because of the way hereditary slowly leads you to understand that this cult was after this family from the beginning, I couldn't mm-hmm. help but think that the Swedish fucking dude was only trying to get her there because it happened to be her fucking birthday at the same time. Oh, Give yeah. Me, like, I mean, and she got that painting, and he's an artist, so who the fuck gave her that painting? Probably him. Uh, oh, my God. That's, that's yeah, a good I thought point. he wasn't even interested in her going until she casually mentioned, oh, it's going to be my birthday, and then he's like, oh, really? No, mm-hmm. I think that he didn't want any of those other douchebags. He needed her. <laughs> I don't know. But that's interesting. Maybe not. But interesting. that's only, be- only because Hereditary is so, like, uh, like that family's fucked from the beginning kind of a thing yeah i i can really i can really see that or it's almost the same way she was able to speak swedish when right. she was under the substance is like maybe she's always <laughs> yeah. sort of belonged there and I've that's the interesting there, thing it's like how much of this is planned out and ritual <laughs> i'm speaking Sorry. spanish right now officer <laughs> <laughs> um but, but you know what I mean? Like the whole movie, I was never really scared of the 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 sun entity or whatever it was they worship. I I believe in them. I believe in their belief in the ritual more than I feared anything really supernatural. Well, because if you look at it, both of these movies have to do with the supernatural thing. But in in Midsummer, there was nothing supernatural that happened mm-hmm. at yeah. all. And in Hereditary, it would have worked just as well. As a crazy ass family drama, yeah, yeah. took out payment and the demons and all that shit, and you just looked at it as an examination of this family that's so emotionally repressed that they're all crazy. Yeah, it still works. So it's like, even though, yes, obviously it was demon worship and and all this stuff that was going on, hereditary. It Mm -hmm. it kind of felt the same as the movie where there wasn't any. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's. It shows me that they're like horror movies are getting a lot better at talking about this stuff. They're moving away from the the real outsider fear thing, and they're getting a lot better at being like what hamstrings us emotionally. Yeah, and I think that's super important. Well, and like, I, and that I'm, grief and horror like, is we got nowhere else to go. You know, like so. Yeah, no, we we need I'm, to evolve and have like better conversations there's... about this, and like this is the best way to do it, probably, or one of the there's, best ways to start. There's another well, good quote from Ari Aster where he's talking about how he's like, you know, they're all gonna die because of where they're going. Like everyone who's watched any horror movie knows that. So he's like, the quicker I can get there and have there be a different emotion come out of that that mm-hmm. you didn't expect like because he mentions how it's like the end of the movie is exactly what you think is going to happen like you know everything is going to happen but by the time it's happening i want you to have a different emotion somewhere in there which i thought was really yeah. 
awesome. Like the way the dead bodies are carried in there, they're the most stripped down version of like they're no longer at all. Like they're not like horrific bodies. They're yeah. just like these weird like ideas of oh yeah I remember that person got killed oh, oh yeah, you mean in the end uh, yeah, the, the effigies yeah the effigies like the, yeah, they're that, made they reminded me skin. of the show Hannibal or uh, even Annihilation the 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 weird body uh, dysmorphic um, shapes and uh, elaborate nature worship but at the same time it's like it's upsetting to look at because it's like not human but it's yeah, yeah you're right it's more that they're an idea like mark in the jester cap right uh, yeah and, and it's all in almost like, like a baby doll is... memories of them like boiled down to like nothing like the their most pure form or something well and, and can we can we give a shout out to the special effects artist for 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 doing a full blood eagle and showing it yeah oh you mean uh the, in the burning in the poop Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Lungs. I I'd only ever heard that called uh, the burning wings. What did you call it? The blood eagle. Oh, okay. Thing. Form of torture from medieval times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I'd, I'd, I'd heard that. Um, yeah, as burning that, wings, so and it had always scene... been sort of mythic. Um, yeah. but like the fact that he was still breathing, I found quite upsetting. I wasn't sure if he was or if she if he if or he was if... tripping. Christian was so stoned that yeah, he Christian was either. tripping, but we were hearing breath. Like but I definitely you see the I mean, lungs inflate. But I mean that doesn't mean he was. We were seeing though. it through Christian's like, eyes, kind of like when we yeah. were seeing Danny, and that flower kept constricting mm-hmm. on her mm-hmm. on her hat. Either way, head. they still ripped that guy's lungs out <laughs> through his back. Yeah. His lungs out through his back. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So not not great. I'm thinking about seeing these things in daylight, though. Mm-hmm. You know, at no point was I like, "Ooh, something's gonna jump out of the dark." Yeah, the only there was one. There's, there's only one the nighttime movie. death. There's yeah. one jump scare in the whole movie, and that's in the mirror. Damn mm-hmm. it, a mirror scare! It's the cheapest form. Oh, um, it turns out that scene in the was beautiful, though, when they like all like drank the tea and then like oh, said, yeah. and the grass grows through her hand. I was like, "Oh, that man. was a very good representation." Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's not in there? Mm-hmm. The uh, the uh, another good quote that's actually written on the board of in the background in Hereditary that I noticed says uh, only through punishment can people reach enlightenment. Uh, it's apparently from Oedipus or Oedipus Rex, I think. Um, but, but it's a like an, a really interesting idea of how he kind of shoots his movies because he really puts his people through absolute shit <laughs> like mm-hmm. but i mean the the truths are revealed through punishment if you live through it truths are revealed the i think the opposite of that quote is like only the dead are truly free or something like that so mm. uh, you get well, one thing or the other it, I, I think that uh and that ties back into like what lilo was saying about daylight because it's like like like, like you're saying there's nowhere to hide there's you have to face this. The, yeah. the thing about his movies is that they're fucking unavoidable. Like right. that horrible thing, you have to deal with it. And I think that's why psychedelia was such a it's such a wonderful and uncomfortable way to describe this. And especially in broad daylight is like if you're having a panic attack, there's nowhere to go. You like. Right. Like, you got to ride it out. You got to ride that out. You got to like try to get your shit straight. And yeah. uh the movie kept laying on this sense of like life itself is this 
horrifying bad trip that we're all on and we're just slowly trying to ride it out together um, or we're just shutting down and rejecting it and, you know, climbing into a womb of technology or something. Yeah, I, and I liked, you know, I'd never quite seen a daytime horror. Right. Uh, and if yeah. I had, it was nothing like this. Another great line from the movie uh, is when uh, they approach Christian and they're like, we think, I can't remember her name, wants to mate with you. The elder lady tells him that. Maya would like to mate with you. Maya yes. would like to mate with you. And he's like, I do believe I ate one of her pubes. <laughs> like, it's just like, and then it cuts away. <laughs> and, she says, and she says, you probably did. You probably That's probably did. so, yeah. And the fact that, like, even the, I mean, you notice that he's staring at a, a picture of a burning bear before he walks in right. there. Mm -hmm. um, and that he sits in a chair with a back and sh her chair doesn't have a back. Like, she doesn't even fucking need one. Like, that's how... That's how under control everyone is there. Yeah, yeah, they've got perfect posture. They don't need backs. So, oh. speaking of the ritualisticness, pubing, and oh. eating one's uh, pubes as a love spell, would you like to play a game? Yes, yes, I would. Okay. I do have some some more to say about grief and horror, but uh, oh, well, go ahead, and then we'll play our game. Well, just real quick, I wanted to give a rundown of newer movies that have sort of paid tribute to this uh, this theme. And, you know, so we mentioned Hereditary already. And to me, I was just trying to think about, like, quick definitions of what these mean, uh, their relationships to grief, what sort of things they're trying to get across. Um, in Hereditary, I wrote uh, something about the, the total cons consumption is the release itself. It's like being totally consumed by the thing. It's like in the end, yeah. no one is left. Yeah. Uh, it has won, basically. Right. But then you have things like the Babadook, where um, it's a depression and a darkness that insists and knocks upon your life. It knocks on your door and won't right. go away. And that is living with your depression. In the end, Whether you know... it's in a book or... In a basement. Take a look. Reading Rainbow, I care. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, this part of your life that won't, that won't go away. So you have to learn how to live with it. And then there's movies like The Ritual, where the whole thing, the whole theme of the movie is survivor's guilt, and the theme of it is, you know, these guys who feel obligated out of the death of a friend to go and visit this place. It's basically like going to a place you don't want to like that none of them want to go on that camping trip but they feel like they have to yeah and, uh and the, the whole movie is about you force yourself to go to a place you don't really want to and that is against all all yeah. signs it's not a place you should be and uh then when you get to leave like the 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 move the part of the movie that really got me was the very end where the creature is roaring up at him after he's left the woods and he just yells right back at it you know, it's it's about fighting back and letting go and being like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve yeah. to be in a place of consistent punishment, right. um, which is which is beautiful. Um, and then just real quickly, I want to talk about Jacob's Ladder, which I know they're doing a remake yeah. of it. I don't know what that's all about, but I know that one of the maybe writer director of Straight Outta Compton did. So I'm optimistic. Oh, okay. But and Jacob's Ladder. PTSD is a great I mean, it's a subject that's like still very relevant. Yes, yeah, PTSD, and that's a movie that has heavy drug use and psychedelia. Yeah. Um, 
from not only the drug that they talk about experimenting on the soldiers with, but also just the known fact of like soldiers coming back from war uh, using substance to deal with their depression and um, this whole idea, you know, this this theme of demons that are ripping your life away. And yeah, um, totally. Jacob's Letter was the first movie I ever really remember being. I mean, it, it scared the shit out of me, but I was so... It's the first, like, really intellectual horror I ever remember watching. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, just... Uh, yeah, I mean, and it's a movie that is all about grief. It is all about dying in a metaphorical sense, in a literal sense, like, dying and letting go... Catharsis. Of, of complete yeah. catharsis. And I think it totally ties into into this movie. But anyway, that's... Yeah. All I really had to say about that. Oh, good, good observations for sure. Yes, yes. So, a game. A game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, going back to putting one's pubes in pie <laughs> as a ritual, yeah. right? This game is called Ritual Roulette. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you some rituals, and you tell me. If they're real or not. <laughs> okay. Uh, good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. All right. Here we go. The first is a fertility ritual called the miracle chair. The Catholic saint Maria Francesca of the five wounds of Jesus reportedly died in this chair in Naples, Italy. The saint was canonized by Pius IX, who named her the patroness of women with difficulty conceiving. If you sit in the chair, you'll get knocked up. True or false? True. Or- True. <laughs> yes. It sounded too specific, and also mm. Catholicism is very obsessed with knocking women up. <laughs> okay. Good call out, Joe. On the same subject, the Swanese people believe that cutting the hair from the belly of a cat in heat would bring good fortune and fertility. Teenage girls would cut the hair, weave it into placemats that they would eat off of for as many years as it took to conceive. Real or fake? Jeez. True. I'm going to go fake. Uh, it's fake. I made it up. Damn. Nice. <laughs> that was elaborately. I'm just going to swing well through and say true on all these. <laughs> okay. According to Feng Shui tradition, dragons are a fine source of male virility. Experts true. in the mystic Chinese art of spiritual interior decorating suggest that placing a dragon statue on your bedside table might get things moving. True. Tis true. Uh, interesting side note on that. Works for me, Rar. In the dragon feng shui energy thing is so big that even in like Hong Kong, they specifically leave giant holes in the buildings so that the dragons can come down through the through the mountains and go through the buildings. Like, wow. and they have consultants who are paid by the government. To are you talk shitting me? I am not shitting you. That is way, so good. Feng Shui is fucking serious. <laughs> like you, like get licensed for it and shit like that. Anyway, wow. real right. as fuck. Moving on. Far out. Far out. The Kanemara Matsuri. This Japanese penis festival occurs every spring and is said to boost fertility by helping protect participants from venereal diseases. True. True? True. Yes. The Japanese, Japanese penis, penis festival. festival. Yep. I want the t-shirt. <laughs> I don't want to. I just wanted to say Japanese penis festival. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you go? Like, no, why? What is it? <laughs> and then the same thing under it in kanji or whatever. I There's mean, one in belief. That speaking too much or too loudly will allow demons of infertility to enter a woman's body. So from the time a girl is married until the time she conceives, she is only allowed to speak in whispers and only when necessary. 
Any demons that enter her body will be expelled by her vocalizations while in labor. True. True. False. I made oh, it. sounded so sexy. I made my choice. <laughs> In Montana, there is a rope swing over Glacial Lake. The water is so cold, the legend says any woman brave enough to take the plunge will surely become pregnant. It's all true. Are all these related to pregnancy? <laughs> no, just these. Whose butt do I have to push well, around here to get somebody pregnant? Be a fertility. I mean, it's you know, it's tree worship or fertility worship, phallic worship. Hey, you know, so true, these are hey. true. True. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mike made that one up too. Oh, okay. Yo, I, I'm saying true. You can already mark me down. But I'm gonna be. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. In Hungary and a variety of other Eastern European countries, girl watering is a pre-Christian cleansing ritual meant to boost fertility. The ritual, awesome. which happens the Monday after Easter, is simple. The ladies dress up in ritual garb and the dudes pour water on them. False. The watering of the girls. Okay, that's true. False. It is true. Oh, ah. that's a wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> Don't they know that? Those aren't cool. That's what, like, 99.5 The Buzz puts on when it and needs And the t-shirts are Big Johnson t-shirts. Oh. Yeah. True. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that when I was watching a wet t-shirt contest, I was participating in a long-appreciated tradition. Hungarian yeah, you're, tradition. you're basically at charge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you make a tradition to, lock, to not long silk strands in certain colors, then meditate and repeat a special poem six times. The string is burnt and buried under a sa sacred tree. Is a love spell. False. False. True. Damn. It is a the one time I deviate. <laughs> All right. There's an old Irish tradition of asking the fairy folk to help make a love match. Under a waxing moon, a crude picture of the object of affection is drawn in the dirt. Loops of ivy are placed around it. There's a chant in Irish that asks the fairies to turn his or her eyes toward that person. But beware, the fairies always ask for something in return, and the debt can come due at any time. Is this a fairies. lot of leprechaun, or is this... <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna uh, do true. True, true. Fake, I made it up. Damn! Damn. <laughs> it sounded like the beginning of leprechaun, basically. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Wicca, leave blessed apples and bananas by a tree and chant a special poem for love and fertility. True. 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 All right. Ritual in New England involving stripping naked, walking with the devil, and signing one's name and therefore their soul into the devil's book before joining coven mates. True. Damn. True. No, it is the plot of the witch. Oh, but I, <laughs> well, I knew that. that. I just true. kind of assumed that Mr. Eggers was basing that on something. <laughs> no, no, fake. Dave Eggers wrote the Hey, I'm going to make that a ritual. <laughs> then we'll see who wins this game. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Long game. Purported to be the genesis of the phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, Vikings would sometimes perform a simple health ritual of a ring of freshly picked apples outside the town's communal house. True. True. False. It's something from the game Fortnite. Oh, golly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was just asking myself Felt earlier like today whether here. or not I should give a shit about Fortnite. <laughs> and the answer was still no. <laughs> okay, for health. Peel and bruise one clove of garlic. Rub it on your naked body from head to toe. Use more if one clove is not enough. Then throw the used garlic into running water flowing away from your home, taking the disease with it. False. Ira, did you say true or false? True. true. Ira said true. It is true. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought it was true. That's, that's too weirdly specific and having, having to do with health. Uh, plus, like, I've heard, like, the connections of garlic and running water make me think of vampires. So it's probably true. <laughs> okay. 
Southern satanic lore describes a ritual wherein a mortal can challenge the devil himself for earthly supremacy. The rules are simple. Human chooses the playing field. A human winner gets untold riches, but it's always a trick. The devil, master of all dark arts, will take the loser's soul to hell for eternity. False. I mean, I mean, is does the devil went down to Georgia make this true? Like, because this is the plot of that wait, song. wait, Jeff. Let me answer. True. Yeah. <laughs> it is, in fact, the plot of the devil went down to Georgia. I feel so like true, in Neil saying. Gaiman's eyes, that would make it a true lore. Oh. Like a real ritual. See, like, see that's what I'm saying. I think the eyes of a belief system. That the fact that I've written it down makes it true. Not Jeff. you. You just mm-hmm. pointed out that a bunch of other people already think it's true. I'm like the idea of selling your soul to the devil in order to get a fiddle made of gold is well established as probably better American lore. Uh, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know. Told you I think. All right, black magic love spell. A ritual including a raw organic chicken wing, three drops of blood, candles, and a full moon. Power of the spell is unlocked with the words Salima Retiko Busako. Why did you say the words? Because I didn't have the chicken wing. False. True. It is true. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Power ritual. It's a Wiccan. The coven sits in a circle as the head witch eats an anointed wafer and drinks liquid and asks the Dark Lord for power. Uh, false. That's from Sabrina. Uh, it's from Suspiria, actually. Oh, okay. Close nice. enough. It is false, though. Marcos. <laughs> Catholic tradition. A woman's powers of conception. True. Can't. <laughs> wait, wait, let me finish. It is Hard pass. But drinking potions of powdered hare's womb, sparrow's brain, or wolf penis. Jesus. On True. the other hand, if a child is not desired, ligatures, amulets, and charms such as the teeth or fingers of a dead child or the testicles Holy of a weasel shit. might be used in sexual intercourse to inhibit procreation. I didn't know Catholics were so metal. Catholics are metal, man. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that's true because of the surprise tone so, in your own voice. So fucked up. All it right. Has to be true. Here's some voodoo. Was what it true? A love right? Yeah, it was true. That was the Damn. Catholic. Totally true. Catholics need to stop judging other people if they got that kind of shit in their that was it. closet. Yeah. <laughs> got, any kid, got any baby teeth? <laughs> yeah, who's grounding up baby teeth and doing a bump off of them in the middle of a field? It was that was us. <laughs> that was us. And that so was for maximum overdrive. That was maximum, maximum overdrive, right? We met, we put up a plaque. Mm-hmm. Okay, voodoo. Want to remove a love rival? By crafting a likeness of she or he and slowly disfiguring it, it making it fatter, fatter or balding examples, it can turn the object of your affection's eyes away. True. True. Faults. Made that one up. Damn. Damn. You're good at these, though. Yeah, have some real. Could, they have some real start in your too. Cult, Lila. I don't know. I don't normally say start that to cult. people, but start a cult. Start a cult. <laughs> How many people do you think have started a cult because somebody chanted I mean, are we kind of a cult? No, of course we are. Us and our twenty-something uh, listeners. I'm yeah. looking. I'm like slowly brushing away all these like candles and weird symbols I have. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not a. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, voodoo. I said, Love. A voodoo representation of you and your love is made from clay on a Friday, dressed in white, bound together with colored string, and kept in a safe place. Repeat this as often as necessary. That one's voodoo. True. True? Yeah. True. True. Mm. All right. I still not going to do it, but I I just don't want want my wife to know that I love her, but I'm not going to do that because it sounds 
hard to do. <laughs> On a Scottish right. island. Man. Some some sexy Swedish guy is going to steal I'll her away. Her, like a birdhouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Sorry, Leela. On Go a ahead. Scottish island, an outsider is chosen to be king for a day, but is then ritually sacrificed to bring good fortune. Oh, <laughs> that's a Wicker Man plot. <laughs> that's true. I, can true. we get Ira to quote Wicker Man? To... I already yeah. did. Do it again. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Did you want me to do... Wait, are you talking to Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nicholas, the, the, yeah. Why is it burned? Why is it burned? <laughs> I don't know. The bees. Not the bees. Ah. Ah, jeez. No, that's Gil from The Simpsons. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Old Chinese tradition has the husband carrying his blushing bride over fiery coals when they first enter their marital home to ensure future fertility. Bad uh, luck if he drops her. False. True or false? False. It's true. I think it's Joe versus Damn. Volcano. Why oh. do I always stray from what I know is true? Yep. Okay, to keep power within their cult, a group becomes comes together in orgiastic masked rituals. Oh, that's no false. That's from fucking uh, eyes wide shut. Correct. True. <laughs> it's easier <laughs> when they're yes, directly orgiastic related. Masked rituals. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I do think it's twenty twenty, man. We got to do all we can. <laughs> I feel like a lot of cults fuck. Like so, you <laughs> like I do think that it's probably true that that has happened. Well, we are. How many we are do- to the ritualistic section portion of the of the quiz. So, okay. How many uh, cults do you think, or how many like people have had an orgy thinking they were in a cult, and then nothing, they weren't, and they just got used, <laughs> and vice like, versa, drift away. And I just thought this was a key party. I didn't know that this was like a more of a thing or whatever. Yeah, they all stand up, and one of them's like, "I thought we were in like a cult." The other one's like, "Oh, I thought this is a death, like a uh, fucking just a fuck party." That I that on. <laughs> yeah. All yes. right. On occasion, the Charmin people accept chosen strangers into their existing group, where they are there are reported but unsubstantiated accounts of cannibalistic feasting, hallucinogenic use, and group sex in the water. The purpose of these rites is unknown. Charmin, like Charmin Ultra. Charmin people. S H A R M A N. Charmin. Oh, okay, not like bounties. Okay. I mean, it's probably false, but it's false. True. Wait, Jeff, you said false? I said false. You're correct. That is the plot of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> they fuck in the water? I don't remember that. Yeah, there's like a group sex scene in the water at the end. You know, I may or may not have completely tuned out all of that movie. <laughs> you know what? I may or may not have ever actually even seen it. I've so. seen the time warp. I'm cool. In a- ancient Egypt... They got drunk and besieged Ra for bountiful harvest while engaging in public orgiastic sex that repopulated Egypt. In commemoration, every spring is an all-flooded Egyptians held fertility festivals. True. True. Cool. All right. To prevent young people from copulating outside the hand-fasting ritual and therefore angering their god, priests of the Beaumont Plains strictly forbade mixing of the sexes and particularly dancing, which was considered demonic. I mean, true. False. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's the pot of Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Beaumont people. <laughs> Almost uh, had me there, Leela, but still true. Damn. I feel like his hand was off the piece, technically, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's me that's, realizing what I've done. That, that was so amazing. Yeah. I was like, beautiful. that sounds so... <laughs> I was like, this sounds really familiar. I don't know why, though. Yeah. 
The Igbo Ora people are known for having the highest rates of multiple births in the world. After investigation, the only theory that the researchers came up with was ritual yam consumption. True. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's true. Huh. Yeah, who knew? Okay. In Andean lore, a criminal, after having their tongue fed to a puma, would be yeeted off the Mount Acangua in Argentina, the tallest mountain in the Andes. I'm not sure if that counts if the word yeeted is used. I don't um, I'm not I sure mean, that's really held in many uh, academic circles. Thrown. Yeah. Thrown off. Then true. Yeeted. That one is completely fake, and my children made it up. Nice. Ooh, that's Which a good one. Why it's titled The Puma Yeet. Mm. <laughs> you got us again. Yeah. A 10-foot mound called Mound 72 by modern-day archaeologists holds the remains of 272 people who were sacrificed. It is located at Cahokia, a city located near modern-day St. Louis. Damn. That sounds like false, but true? True. It is true. Huh. Oh, damn. Okay. That's ritual Dark. sacrifice. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. All right. <laughs> The Thugi cult in India practiced human sacrifice by organ removal and fire and kept members in a zombie-like state with the use of specially prepared elixirs. I do Voodoo? think that's, that's Temple true. of Doom. That is Temple of Doom. <laughs> oh, he's so in the end. Yeah. 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 Good job. Jeff won with eight. Ira with six. Well, I mean, it's only because I believe whatever crazy thing I hear, and I'm very naive. Well, and also, those were very well constructed. <laughs> those were good, yeah. Thank yeah. you, thank you. I, I, we all laughed a lot putting it together. That was, a, that was quite a game, yeah. And I, I think also <laughs> we've learned a lot about the world. <laughs> Haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah. And also it brought a little bit of lightness to this very... Bizarre podcast and movie we've been talking about. So, oh yeah, well I did have a note here, Jeff. I forgot uh, to mention, but uh, that scene in the chicken coop when he blows dust in the guy's eyes, all I could think of was uh, Serpent in the Rainbow. Yeah, that whole yep. thing, that's in Serpent. That's the uh, DMT toad. It's from. Oh, is that what it is? That's. I thought the... that was a. I just thought it was a complete end up to that. Oh, okay, cool, cool. No, it's, I'm actually reading that How to Change Your Mind, Mind book by Michael Pollan, and I just got to the section where he does DMT from the toad smoking, and uh, there's a uh, a part where he mentions that there's a, what is it, snuff? Like a snuff ritual involving mm -hmm. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Did you get that book from Dad? Fuck yeah, I got it from Dad. What do you think? <laughs> he gave it to me. He was like, have you been enjoying well, the book? Well, you're next. Like, I'm almost done. About? Yeah, well. He, yeah, he called me and he's like, "Did you do you have my book?" I was <laughs> like, "You gave me the book, Dad." <laughs> so yeah, Dad, if you're listening, I got your book. I'm almost done with it. Dad, Dad's not listening. We're know. broadening our minds here. It's that's the important thing. Yeah, right. And, and honestly, yeah, like there aren't that many. There, I have this whole section on uh, psychedelics and film. Uh, I watched uh, a lot of really bizarre clips of from things the other night, but I think we should segue that into maybe its own sub episode later. That would just be a good. Yeah. Like um, psychedelics and film would be a good. Yeah, just maybe as a a, a follow up to this, or but uh, the, honestly, the effect of psychedelics on film, <laughs> like because... um, the effect, yeah, the effect of the representation of, but also the um. 
the visual and like you know it, like the story was obviously very cathartic and moving but like you know we we all just talked about how we felt a certain lightness or a certain like release from having viewed this i mean granted it was a really hard road but yeah it it really speaks to something that i think is true in the human experience and i you know uh i think there need to be more movies like this. <laughs> like there need to be more movies that that really get at the heart of all the stuff that's so uncomfortable. And sorry, I lost the lost the thread there. No, yeah. what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good movie, and there should be more. Ooh, a flower. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's that's uh, why I can't fully call it a horror movie. But. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I do think the real horrific statement of his movies, and especially of this one, is like the horror is more or less the real world the horror is existence yeah yep. so, but yeah good episode guys <laughs> that was fun good up, guys. <laughs> good up. Yeah. great good up. good up all right uh, so skull skull i'm gonna end with <laughs> yeah does he hold you hold your dragon do you feel like does he feel like home to you does he feel like you get the hold in yeah. Kind of German. <laughs> Do you feel held? Yeah, little drawing. Little drawing. See, can I little bear now? Yeah, little bear. How long are we going to do this? As long as it takes, baby. 